We at Around Grandfather Fire would like to express our solidarity for Black Lives Matter. We stand with you and every marginalized group that's seeking justice. Imagine yourself under a starry sky around the warm glow of the sacred fire as your hosts, Saren Odinson, Jim Two Snakes, and Caitlin Stormbreaker talk about shamanism, animism, books, science, psychology, pop culture, and more. Welcome to a show inspired by those late night conversations by real life spiritual practitioners. Won't you come and join us around Grandfather Fire? Consort of Angerbotha, husband of Sigyn, father of Fenris Ulfr, father of Hela, father of Jormungandr, father of Narfi and Vali, you who have known pain. You who have known joy. You who have always kept your laughter. In this trying, topsy-turvy, insane time, thank you for helping us keep our humor and hold our color. Thank you for that gift of color, that blooming hue, that liter you gifted us so long ago, Lothar. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For it's not just the blooming hue of our cheeks, our hands, our lips, but the roar of our laughter as we face all that life has to offer us. In all its ridiculous, beautiful, and stupid ways. Thank you for helping each and every one of us to laugh at ourselves as often as we need to keep us humble and to kick us in the ass when we all need it. Loki Laufeson, dear gods, if we ever needed a time, now is that time, O oh, truth teller, O oh, holy one who speaks what must not be spoken, O oh, holy one who roils in the earth. You, O oh, holy one, who spoke truth at the table. You, O Holy One, who is canny and uncompromising. You, O Holy One, who gives us all moments of pause. Thank you. Thank you for giving us that moment back so we can think clearly about who we are, what we're doing, why we're doing it. Thank you for the joy and the laughter and the pain that you share, that you know so well. Oh, holy fiery Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the gifts that you have given all of us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hail Loki. Best to Heil.
Loki. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Around Grandfather Fire. You're listening to episode number 56. I am Jim Two Snakes, joined as always by my good friends and co hosts, Saren Fodenson and Caitlin Stormbreaker. How are you both doing tonight? I'm doing great. It was a beautiful day today. Um, me, I dragged the stepson off to an apple orchard nice, this morning. Nice. Um, and it was wonderful. It's, and I didn't even know, I didn't realize how close it was to us. It's like eight minutes down the road, literally. And it was just very nice to walk amongst the trees and they have acres and acres and acres and acres and acres of wild kind of gnarly apple trees. Um, and to just be in that kind of sense was really wonderful. And then I spent the afternoon, a good portion of my afternoon, uh, cleaning up the sunchokes that we had harvested at Crossing Hedgerow Sanctuary on Thursday, um, which was a wonderful donation from uh, Jean Cavanaugh. She's listening. Thank you very much for that. I'm excited to add all of that fresh new food to our diets. And I actually planted some today, so we'll hope next year they come up and I'll have a crop of my own. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's excellent. That sounds like a real good day. It's a good earth day that was definitely, definitely needed. Albeit, I do work in a greenhouse. It's just a little different. (laughs) Right. It's different when you're on the job. Right. How about you, Jim? How's your day been? Yeah. How about you, Jim? Oh, not bad. (laughs) (laughs) Not bad at all. I, uh, I worked a little this morning, came home, made some phone calls, took a long nap, and uh, my main overriding ambition today has been watching the chickens walk around the yard. It's been a difficult day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that sounds super <laughs> difficult. My, I, been, my greatest experience been... with chickens is this one's little one running around. Chickens? Chickens? <laughs> oh, Yes. She loves her chickens. Yes, they've the, been uh, um, yeah. very. They've been very happy that we've been letting them free range. Mm. So mm. they're just wandering around the yard, living their best life, you know. So. Oh yeah, happy chickens are the best chickens. Right. I can't wait for us to get these chickens used to Charlotte because uh, <laughs> she just. <laughs> she my, loves my little blue the loves lights out of them. They don't much care about her at all. Not even a little bit. It was really funny because we were over uh, when we were harvesting the sunchokes. She was chasing this little poor bugger, this little white chicken, all the way around the pen. (laughs) The pen is about a good, what, 20 feet across? Maybe more? Uh, Maybe more. But yeah, it's, it's like 20 by 20 feet. So it's a very huge pen. And we were inside of the pen. And so she would run around the inside of the pen chasing this chicken, kind of like a circuit. So it was kind of a pen for her as well, for me and Sarah while we were working. And um, <laughs> it was, it was nice. Good times. It, was, it was a good day. It's a very good day. Mm-hmm. How about you, Saren? How are you? I was going to say, well, what did your day look like, Saren? Oh, my day. Uh, so to avoid being mandated, <laughs> I worked a double last night. Okay. Um, that went really well. I got my steps in and then uh, got a couple of things written. So I'll be able to post over the next couple of days for folks that watch my blog and Patreon. 
sarinth.wordpress.com and patreon.com backslash sarinth odinson. Yes, I'm going to plug the shit out of it because we need to get better about that. Oh, yeah. He learns. He's finally figured it out. No. Yeah, what about you, Jim? No, I don't got nothing. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> Bullshit, you don't. <laughs> he has a TikTok. You even have a YouTube yeah. channel, I believe. Yeah, yeah. That's where the episodes for our own grandfather fire go up yep. on YouTube. So. Oh, that's the other thing that you've gotten me into, you lousy, rotten son of a bitch. <laughs> now I'm hooked. Welcome to TikTok. Now I'm hooked because I actually like producing the content for it. You know, it really, it sucks in a way and is great, <clears throat> but it, it, it's aggravating because I'm like thinking about how we expand, um, you know, listenership for the show and everything else. And mainly our audience, <clears throat> excuse me, is coming from, like Facebook and Instagram, but I'm like, I used to really love Instagram, but now it seems so boring because like TikTok, you post up a video and you're like instantly getting feedback. Other people are making videos or stitches or duets and Instagram, you're kind of like, yeah, they'll find it eventually. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't, ah, it's just not the same. Or it's like you post something and you get like the first 10 minutes, you get a immediate feedback and then it just dies. The problem is it's Facebook's that. algorithm. It like is. Instagram's yeah, the algorithm just sucks. And you got to play to it sometimes. And if you give too many hashtags, it'll bury you. Yeah. Or yeah. if you don't give enough. Or and the problem is, is that that particular game is always changing. Now, granted, TikTok does the same shit, just in a different way. They like to bury content that has like prop swords and stuff in it. Like I follow a decent number of cosplayers whose content they have to like push to get back right yeah i noticed that a lot of the cosplayer accounts they've actually they'll actually like post up in the corner um you know fake sword or prop sword or something like that because Mm -hmm. i've discovered that uh tiktok reads the text that you put in through the app so if you're to caption it or or something else and you mention say black lives matter their algorithm will read it and a lot of times push you down. However, you put in the text on a third-party app before you upload the video, it does not necessarily read it. Yeah. So if you're going to natively record, you've got to watch what you do and don't put yeah. into it. Otherwise, you're going to get squelched. Particularly well, you know, with TikTok, stuff. I honestly, I've just made myself the promise not to care. I mean, like I make a note whenever, you know, it's interesting when a video does well and you kind mm-hmm. of wonder why that was. Or, um, you know when you get a bunch of followers for some reason, you're like, hmm, wonder why that was. But I've just, I've made myself promise not to use that as a measurement because it'll mm. drive you crazy. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to get attached yeah. to that feeling of, I got, you know, a thousand likes on this one video because yeah. you might only get yeah. 200 likes on the next one and you don't want to have that crash, which is exactly. part of the reason why I left Facebook was because I did have that, addiction to that mm. the the mm. like uh, endorphin rush that you get from it and so i was like i yep. can't have this this is an unhealthy attachment and i also left tiktok too like i'm not even listening to tiktok anymore because i'm like i can't oh tiktok's I, like super addictive yeah because of that instant endorphin of getting the feedback or seeing cheerful little videos and like it's brilliance is also uh, that you know, with the 60 second maximum format. Mm -hmm. Like, even if it's a video I'm not hugely interested in, I might watch the whole thing just because eh, what's 60 seconds. And you think that until two hours later. 
And then, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. all of a sudden, you're like, "Oh, oh, crap!" Shit. I mean, I don't know yeah. about you, Jim, but I'm actually finding some good feedback with the longer form content that I produce and then cut up. So I mm. think that even on TikTok, as crazy small the window opportunity there is, I think that longer form, you know, multi-part videos like the ones I just put out about guides and Jotuns, um, I think that there is a, a uh, not maybe a market, but a, a niche for it because I'm getting some good feedback on that. Well, and but, there's also a, a huge hunger for anything Norse related on TikTok. I mean, it's a huge yeah. community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just started to get into it. I've actually tapped into one of the, one of the more prominent um, Norse talkers on there. And it was like, Whoa. Okay. Then hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. their, their viewership count is amazing, but it's like also. Right. Well, like, like that's, uh, you know, I'm like, so like with a lot of stuff, you know, pagan or new age related or heathen or whatever, mm-hmm. you go, well, what, you know, like, I hate to be cynical about it, but let's be honest. You think about what's the market. Like yep. we're doing this show because we love it, but there's always the curiosity about where it's got to grow and are there new people that are interested. And so, you know, half of it's, it's not so much as a, as a, a financial thing as it is just a, it's neat to reach new markets and new people, right? So I always kind of wondered, like, what's the demand? And then when I get on TikTok and like some of these witch talk creators, they've got half a million followers. Yeah, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked for such a niche religion or- Right, well, we always hear that it's a growing religion. And I think this is maybe in some ways the first- way to measure it in 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 a way because you can you can measure it by the growth of a very short you know relatively speaking platform and it really gives you an idea of how many people are interested in it and willing to Mm -hmm. add it to their profile and that sort of thing so i I think i think the data is there but to me it's a little harder to fish out right um and i think on on facebook you get a lot longer form content whereas on tiktok it's small bite-sized chunks yeah. You know, like, yeah. like we we're talking about, you have a 15 second marker or 30 second marker or 60 second marker. And it's little bite sized bits of information that a newbie can pick up on and be like, okay, I'm not suddenly overwhelmed by a thousand page book that has all of this information about right. shit that I don't understand. You know, Honestly, like they go to yeah. blog and listen to a whole series of spiritual accounting and very easy manageable bite-sized pieces or go to your blog and listen to bite-sized bits of Norse mythology if they just want to dip their toes and kind of get a generalized understanding of it before they expand upon their searching I guess Mm -hmm. for whatever it is they're looking for so that's I think that's why TikTok has its popularity um, within the pagan community right now because there is a lot of information Mel just made a comment in the chat room and frankly, a ton of Norse talk is exceedingly unacademic. I think that yeah. could be an understatement. Uh, <laughs> it ain't. I mean, whoa. But, I mean, um, there, I have to like there's, there's pull myself back sometimes. Right. And it's kind of weird for like, you know, I, I like for me when I cruising around uh, witch talk, um, it's fascinating to me that like there's only a couple other what I would consider elders and like they're 
there some of these accounts it's like oh i've been practicing for a long time i know really know my stuff really how old are you 17 okay that's not saying you can't know your stuff just because your age but i'm like you still haven't seen a hell of a lot yet firsthand <laughs> I'm just right, you're, that way yeah i don't even think you're out of your mom and dad's house yet i mean i, I don't know your life story or anything but I, shit, I didn't grow up until I was 25, and I'm going to be 33 next month. <laughs> right. You know? So, but I, the one thing that is interesting, I, I'm curious, Sarah, and uh, you might be actually, with the demand for uh, Norse content, you might actually be a very good physician, especially with some of the other people that you're associated with on, on um, YouTube, mm-hmm. is um, YouTube's been pushing their short content format. Their short, car- their short content format blows. It does. But when you have something like TikTok, it's only a matter of time before a company the size of Google reformats its algorithm and its interface. God, so I'm, I'm and if you are that. tagging stuff with short content, the short, I think it's the short content hashtag, mm-hmm. they'll push it to the top of their algorithm. So it'd be interesting to see what happens if you had a little bit of a head start putting some of those short formats on, on YouTube for when they inevitably try changing to catch up to TikTok a little. I really hope they don't because one of the, the big advantages that I love about YouTube is that I can go find something and sit with an hour of somebody explaining content like so for instance one of the the folks that i really love watching is uh quinn's ideas and he mm-hmm. goes into a song of ice and fire content um he goes into dune like exhaust- oh, yeah. yeah i love his work and there would be such a loss if YouTube algorithm changed for TikTok chasing. It's like, guys, the trend's well, already here and it's I'm already here. Like if Google's going to come up with a different app or, or something like that. It's funny though. Okay, so another side effect of, of being on TikTok is that I've noticed that like, I understand what young people are talking about when they say how stodgy that Facebook feels and now YouTube's even starting to feel that way. I know it's full of ton people, young people with gamers because my, my daughter watches them, but at the same point in time, it almost feels like it's getting kind of old and stale. It's an interesting thing. It's really screwed up too, though, because at the same time that it's the best video content platform out there in terms of, yeah. of yep. length or in terms of, of access, but it shoots itself in the foot so often that it's like, guys, <laughs> just stop fucking with it. It was fine. Like three distributions ago, you had this down. Stop it. <laughs> like I've, I've seen so many of my favorite creators get stifled because of their stupid community update, um, because of their not oh, yeah. willingness to address the uh, CHIPA stuff, the mm. uh, child health information protection act right right right. you know that whole thing was a gigantic clusterfuck that google should have been on top of from day one and they weren't and then they put it on creators and that's bullshit because i shouldn't have to censor myself because a bunch of kids might be looking at shit they oughtn't especially when i've already flagged the video for adult content or you know in the in the case of our podcast this is explicit so there shouldn't be this issue of, well, what about the children? Fuck the children. This content isn't for them. 
<laughs> I mean, it, it states explicitly, you know, we are mature content. Listen at your own, I guess, will. That's not the word I wanted. I'm sorry. My brain is totally fudged today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fair warning to our listeners, too. If you haven't figured it out, this is the the referred to in the chat room as the open format show because we have no idea what the hell we're going to talk about tonight other than a couple questions. So yeah. be forewarned. Anything yeah. could happen. We had no idea we were going to start talking about content creation, but it's, it's actually quite <laughs> relevant, especially as we roll into 2021. It is because it really it's is. a really a brave new world for content creation. Because on the one hand, you've got TikTok, which is entirely short form creation. And Josie raised a really good point that you have to have a TikTok account in order to actually like watch videos and such. You actually have to have it installed. You can't just go onto TikTok with actually. You can you? Yeah, you can. Actually. No, you okay, can. Yeah, I was having you issues can get with on. That. You can get on TikTok. Like, I didn't have an account on TikTok for the longest time until I found okay. one video where I wanted to leave a comment on it, and I couldn't leave a comment unless I had an account. So you That's can get on okay. TikTok you can't, without You can't really account, scroll but TikTok, can. but you can send somebody a link to a specific video, and they can watch it. So. That's more what I'm getting to. Yeah. Like, the yeah. content is rather behind a wall unless you sign up. Yeah. Because unless you're actually, like, unless you've got a particular link, it's it's walled off and you got to give your information and you got to give access and all this other extra crap. And I don't have to do that with YouTube and point of fact, I can throw on tour and say, well, piss on you and your tracking algorithms. I'm going to go through all your security programs and go piss up a rope. So as long as we're talking about brave new world and that sort of thing, and, and this is a platform I'm not overly familiar with, but like, uh, Chicago Pagan Pride, they're doing a lot of their classes this year on Twitch. And it occurs to me that for a lot of young pagans and heathens right now, they are going to be learning from kindreds and covens that are on Twitch as opposed to anywhere else. Yeah, I think we're in a very interesting um, growing pains era of um the people that are like negating technology versus the people are saying, no, no, it's okay. Technology is this wonderful thing that we can utilize as a teaching tool and as a way to communicate with each other. I mean, right now we are and have been having a podcast since before the pandemic with you being an hour away from the two of us. Mm -hmm. And we live right down the road from each other, but we're never in the same house. You know, we're all in different areas, but we're having a, a very in-depth, deep conversations. And they're, I think they're starting to realize that there is a huge market in putting all this stuff online, you know, offering it to right. be online. And I think we really need to stop being squeamish about calling it a market because whether or not we like it, we're in a capitalist economy. And what gets eyeballs on the screen drives content and drives the algorithms, because at the end of the day, what the companies care about is, can you sell advertising? Right. Now, granted, I've never willingly clicked on the goddamn Manscaped commercials that come across <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> I'm not saying the person that's shaving isn't attractive. I'm just saying that I've never been particularly interested in the Manscaped product. And so I'd be a really <laughs> shitty uh, advocate for that product. I but I mean... 
I got Dr. Evil stuck in my head. There really is nothing as attractive as this shorn scrotum. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I had Frau Farbishna shave my testicles. Quite standard, really. Um, <laughs> God. So, nice callback to a 1997 movie. Um, yeah, we don't. I'm old. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Shush. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So the oh fuck, I I totally blanked out where I was going with this. Oh yeah, well yeah. Yay, we derailed him. Uh, it is a market. Don't be squeamish about. Yes, let's not be squeamish about being marketing marketing terms. I appreciate (laughs) it because I've totally lost the damn train. Um, but no, the the we should stop being so damn squeamish about it. We live in a capitalist economy. The views that we give to these different platforms drive the content in part because that's where the eyeballs go. So, unfortunately, what you have is a lot of drama and bullshit in the witch talk community right now, which, I mean, that's a that's a cascading thing. And honestly, it's really, like we've talked about on this show, how it's basically an accelerated version of what happened with Green Egg. And I agree. Right, right. You know, drama drives views, views drive content. So, let's use the algorithms, let's use the markets for our purposes. You know, we constantly, uh, I love Gaia Sorcery's view on this stuff. A good marketer is an excellent magician. And yeah. Gaia yeah, is fantastic. It's absolutely true. And it's, absolutely yeah. True. I mean, I've done logo design. You have too, I believe. And so. Ooh, me? No, yeah, you. I've never done logo design. I thought you did logo design. I thought you did logo no, design. No, never. Yeah. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen you done logo, logo design. design. <laughs> so, I mean, with, with you know, uh, Gaius used the example of the Target logo, which is perfect. Yeah. Nobody is mistaken when you throw a Target logo up or a McDonald's logo up. These are sigils. Mm. And there is nothing wrong. Like, this is why I use the, the Velknut on all my content. I don't know of many heathens who use the Velknut in the design that I do. And so even if you don't know who I am, you at least know, hey, this is probably non-Christian content. It's probably going to be Norse pagan maybe I'll have something interesting to say. So boom, 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 boom. There's some kind of recognition and, you know, what better brand recognition than to get Odin's name out there. Right. Right. So when we turn that algorithm on its head and use it for our purposes, we can do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've seen it in TikTok. I've seen it in YouTube. I've seen it in the gaming community. And I've also seen the dark side of it because I got to watch Gamergate explode. And that was a fucking dumpster fire that never should have happened. I get to, I've, I'm, I've watched Witch Wars on Witch Talk. I've watched them back when they were AIM chat groups. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I forgot that was a thing. Uh, you know, yeah. I mean, Yahoo groups, yeah. mm-hmm. AIM groups. No, I remember being this like 11 or 12 year old nothing that just got her first computer getting oh, onto no. Yahoo chat rooms and just watching the dumpster fire roll by of the the screen and barely being able to read what was happening and i'm like wow people on the internet are really angry i'm just gonna go play the sims for a few years (laughs) this is a better use of your time to be honest yeah Uh, seriously yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah go ahead flashbacks flashbacks now I'm, i'm just thinking of like back in the day you know i had to sit there and listen to 20 minutes of fucking modem tones before it Wait, hold to on. AOL for I could piss get mad at people online. Uh, my brain stopped working after I had to listen to 20 minutes of fucking. 
<laughs> modem toes. Yeah. I was like, wait, 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 wait. There's more to this. I mean, that's because that's you know, it's, it, that is how long the porn content took to download. Well, that's uh, not. You just false, got past the. But, ah! I mean, for those of you that know who my husband is, this is should not be a shock at all. No. Nah. Um, not even uh, a little bit. But yeah. no, you're you're not wrong. And then being in a household with somebody who is on the internet, and you pick up the phone, and all you hear is that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, get off the internet! I have to make a phone call. I'm not done yelling at this person. They're wrong. Yeah, I'm. I'm three paragraphs in. You can't stop me. You kids these days now, you can just flip your phone out and bitch at somebody over the internet. Yeah. Uh, back in my day, yeah. we had to wait for that screen off shit to quit, <laughs> and maybe we'd have a decent connection to go bitch at somebody on the internet. I had to go to a festival to give them shit. <laughs> yeah, well. I, I was talking to um, some of the people at work um, because they have a couple of kids that have, and their oldest one has a phone and they were complaining about how she never really wants to go out and do anything anymore. And they're worried because she doesn't want to hang out with her friends or anything. I'm like, but she is hanging out with her friends. Right. What do you mean? They're, they're on their phone. They're on discord or they're playing video games together online. I said, it's very different from when we grew up where you either had to call them and hope a, nobody was on the internet and B they were home or you had to go track them down. Oh, I mean, man. no, Where's I mean, like, generation when call waiting came friend. along, or <laughs> I know call that waiting was like or multiple people on a line there. Revolutionary. Like, holy crap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time me and my two best friends were able to all talk together on one phone line. It was amazing. But you always had that that slight lag for the third person. So I would, you know, like, um, I was speaking with a school teacher earlier today. And they were talking about how difficult it is right now with kids spending so much screen time where you used to try to limit it, but now it's like, you're going to be online for your classes and then you're going to have dinner and then you're going to get back on your computer to do your homework. And there's a lot of kids that are really struggling with this, but I'm wondering if that it might actually um, be part of a pendulum effect where when this stuff starts to change, you might find an upswing in younger people getting back involved in outdoor activities or things like that, mm-hmm. because a lot of them are going to be tired of being cooped up at that point. In mm-hmm. time. Well, that, that was what it was like for my nephew, because when I saw him a few weeks ago, I asked him, you know, are you glad to be back in school? And he was like, Oh yeah. I was like, didn't you enjoy having time off? And he's like, for the first few weeks, sure. But I got bored. You can only play the same five video games so many times in a row. And like, (laughs) I couldn't go see my friends, but now I can play football and I hang out with all my buddies. And I was like, so you're glad to be back at school? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I think that. So I think there is going to be a change, at least for a short time. Go ahead, brother. No, no, go for for it. I I think that we're, we're coming into a really weird period in time. And I think that we really need to think about our opening green spaces because we've gotten to this point where everything is online and our entire infrastructure is built for the 40s. So what does this have to do with green space? Well, it's got a lot because I can't, in some cases, take my phone into the middle of nowhere to have some quality relaxation time or to to be out in nature and do my homework in a more relaxing environment than being cooped up in my house. And 
so this is really a question of infrastructure for the future. How are we going to build our green spaces? What are we going to do with the times that we require our kids to be online? Because this is not going to be over this year. And the, the question I have is beyond, you know, the issue with COVID-19, what are we going to do the next time something like this pops up and we require everybody to shelter in place? So you don't have a lot of parks that are left because of lack of funding. You don't have a lot, either they're closed or they're partially, they're partially kept up. Mm-hmm. You get some parks that have been completely abandoned by the DNR and forestry services because the funding isn't there. So, and Malaga, that's what I'm getting at. Pandemics are not going to go away because we went through this shit last time with the swine flu. Mm-hmm. You know, the H1N1, COVID-19, which is a SARS virus, we have these things they keep cropping up in part because of the way that we deploy ourselves in the landscape and part because of what we do to get our food and in part because of how we just live our lives. So we need to actually be thinking towards the future of how are we going to build a smarter grid? How are we going to build a smarter communities? And I don't mean smart in terms of let's hook all this shit to Wi-Fi because if your infrastructure isn't there to support it, it doesn't matter. You can have all the smart ringers and smart fridges and crap like that. And it's going to bog the network down because you haven't updated this motherfucker since the fifties. Right. Well, I, I've heard before that the, all this was projected, this more an increasing move to online and deliveries and, and, and all yep. this was predicted. Just COVID pushed it ahead about a decade. Honestly, if we, if we were on track with where you should have been, this would not have been the issue it was. And I'm not just talking in terms of the pandemic. I'm talking in terms of the infrastructure. We were right. well and truly overdue for an overhaul anyway. And I'm what I'm hoping is that our Congress critters and various state governments get their heads out of their ass far enough to go, gosh, there's a breath of fresh air. Maybe we should actually fix this infrastructure problem we've got. <laughs> yeah, JD's got an interesting point about the the push for internet as utility is rearing its head again, which it is. Because, I mean, honestly, if we had expanded programs to get uh, outer areas hooked up to electricity and the phone in this modern time, that that internet structure is just as important. I mean, out where I'm at mm-hmm. here in farm country, you know, we've got pretty good internet here at the house, but just a couple miles away, they got nothing. And the best they can hope for is maybe going through their cell phone, but there's a couple areas where there's no cell. I mean, it's crazy. Yep. <laughs> there's no cell signal in some of these areas I'm out at. So. Yep. And. going to do. Yeah, I, I agree. And also, Malik made a really good point. The billions Congress funneled into internet that got squandered by big ISPs is fucking ridiculous. Brandedov made the point, I'm such a strong advocate for internet as utility. It's incredibly overdue, and I feel it's because of modern economic bullshit. That's part of it, and it's also with the way that we deploy utilities as a country. Because you allow a public utility to be co-opted by a private enterprise. See Consumers Energy, see DTE. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I had my scruples, these are public services. These are public goods. They shouldn't be making money when I need them to live. Right. So, uh, congrats everybody. I'm an (laughs) eco-socialist. Well, a couple years ago when we had all those, uh, storms roll through that took down, was that last year, year before anyway, and the Lansing power and water 
responded so much quicker than consumers energy, even though consumers energy was a much bigger utility because consumers yep. is private and, and Lansing is owned by the citizens to a large degree. And so they were a lot more responsive in getting stuff back into place. And, you know, I just, I think if it's, if it's that vital, it's ridiculous to have it privatized really. I agree. Yeah. I, I also agree with that. I think, um, cause I remember when I was growing up back in the day, early two thousands, um, that was one of the things that libraries offered was free internet access. Mm-hmm. At least it did out by me. Um, yeah. and they had a person on hand, like one of their, one of the librarians was trained to help people do like job searches and stuff, but you were allocated an hour at a time, you know, so if you're working um, from home and your internet goes down and you go to the library, even if you take your own laptop, I remember they said you're only allowed, um, if you brought your own laptop, you were allowed two hours versus just an hour on their own computers. But that that's not enough time. I mean, so many people do so much business through online services that at this point, it should be a utility and not privatized this is where where i'm sorry go ahead brother sorry oh i was gonna say i was gonna say libraries before i forget uh, one of our one of the coolest things that i think happened in the jackson library system is a few years back um they took one of the branches that is easily accessible as far as jackson is concerned but wasn't getting the same amount of foot traffic as some of the other branches and they have a podcast and video studio right in that library that you can borrow oh that's cool that is a great idea that was really cool because they they wanted to encourage not only people to understand how to use the technology but for them as far as they're concerned the more content that's out there the more demand there is for libraries and the more business potential there is for people so they all they figured it was a good idea that's fabulous honestly i would love to see more libraries do it especially because they often are the the places where the metal meets the meat between low income and even middle income populations um i think that that's part of why starbucks and panera bread and similar outfits that started offering free wi-fi did so well in the late 90s early 2000s was because they opened up their big ass coffee shop chains and said "Ooh, look here free wi-fi you were drinking that starbucks shit because it tasted good you were drinking it because they offered free wi-fi with that crappy cup of coffee yay somebody agrees with me that starbucks sucks i'm sorry it's swill i've drank it because it's coffee (laughs) awful Sorry, tangent. So with with things moving more to like a, a Twitch channel or Discord, plug for Discord, our, our wonderful Discord, our amazing Absolutely. Um, are we, is there going to be more of a demand for, there's two things that I could, I could see a demand for. Is there a demand for some way to get an authorized or certified check mark next to certain teachers and is there more of a need for online digital shrines yes and yes <laughs> what about because you can do like um live 24-hour live videos on youtube mm-hmm. um what is the 
availability, not necessarily for us, but for somebody else out there to have a shrine set up in their home and have that be the YouTube channel where at certain times of the day they show up, say prayers, leave offerings, light Mm -hmm. candles, and then leave, but leave it live on YouTube for people to sit with while it's on YouTube. I think that that's entirely doable. Yeah. Yep. Actually, thanks for the thought. Maybe I will do that when we get our house built. Uh, well, well, let's just put the message out there now. If there is anybody that has digital shrines, either one that's made with mm-hmm. a graphics program or if it's one that they're streaming somewhere, if you get this message or you know somebody else that has a shrine, you could pass the message on, get them to us, and we'll compile a, a list and we'll share it on, on our uh, pages and also we'll share it with three pagans and a cat as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I know that um, the the shrine website I tended to go to the most was uh, northernpaganism.org because they have all those shrines to different gods and goddesses. Oh, that's right. And you can light digital candles there. And I think I would love to see more of those, especially because you've got so many young people who are by choice or by circumstance in the broom closet, so to speak. Right. And it's been an excellent resource for those folks. So I would, I'm actually working on a section of my blog as an ancestor shrine for that purpose. And it's, it's coming. It's not quite there yet. Uh, the website is northernpaganism.org, I believe. Let me double check my link. Yeah, that sounds correct. Well, with us kind of dipping our toes, talking about the spiritual realm a little bit more, shall we address one of the questions that we had poised to us earlier? One well, of the first, two- first, I'd like to take a brief aside, if we could. Oh, um, right. I do want to point out a couple of things. The, the guest that we did have scheduled for tonight, Selene Coloni-Williams, did contact us and she has unfortunately had to cancel all her events for the rest of the year because something going on with her family. And we just want to say that we wish her and her family the best and hope everything comes to its, its best possible resolution. Also wanted to address that I was contacted by Ardrin of Ardrin's Auguries, one of our long-term Patreon supporters and a sponsor of the show. And they were saying that uh, they had to pull back their sponsorship level a little bit. And so they're not going to be able to be an official show sponsor anymore. So that information, the links to his website, uh, his Instagram and his Facebook page will be in the show notes for this episode as usual. And we encourage you to go give some love, maybe consider getting a reading, share the link. Um, basically, after being such a great supporter, we want to make sure we send out with a massive uh, huzzah. So please yes. uh, share that link around. Um, and if you're new to our podcast and this is the first episode you're listening to, we did do an interview with our Darren himself where he did mm-hmm. some live readings. Um, he's a wonderful reader. Um, so go back. I think it's about 10 episodes or so uh, where we spoke with him and uh, give it a listen. It, it was a great episode. Hey, you know, things happen. It, it's one of those things. Uh, I cherish our Patreon uh, supporters because you are all so damn generous. And really, even the people that are not supporting us through our Patreon, you guys share the show links, you give us reviews, you do all this amazing stuff for us. So, you know, I, I am grateful for the Patreon support, don't get me wrong, but at the same point in time, 
it's not what it's all about. I'm not going to hate anybody that has to drop down a level or stop for a while or anything else. That's not how it's going to happen. We always appreciate all your guys' support. So thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, all so much love to all of our listeners, uh, Patreon supporters or not. You know, you guys are the reason why we're doing this because, I mean, I mean, to me, you guys are the stars of the show. I mean, yeah. you blow me away with all of your support all the time. And I'm just amazed at how wonderful you guys really, really, truly are. So thank you so very much. Oh, I thought you were going to say something, Sarah. Right. Yeah. Um, nope. So I anyway. got nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> I saw the unmute happen for a second there. I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mute. So we did have a couple questions. You want to address those real quick? Yeah. Where yep, we let's tackle them. Uh, I like me to open Discord. <laughs> Mother Multiverse's question. What activities are you doing to give you joy? Games, movies, etc. How important is having joy in spiritual spiritually heavy times? Um, like super important. It really is. And I have to admit, I'm awful at it. I really am. Me too. Um like I meant to have I would love to be part of D&D again, but I just don't know when I'd fit it into my schedule. Never been into video games very much. So my main thing right now for that kind of enjoyment is uh, uh, I watch some of my favorite shows and I still manage to get to the comic workshop once a week. That's my main thing right now. That's good. I kind of want to expand a little bit on that question too. And I'm curious to hear your your guys' answers. Um, as well as whatever happens to fall out of my mouth. But um, what kind of fun do you integrate into your spiritual practice to keep it lively instead of, you know, going through the motions, doing the same prayers every day, same offerings? What, what and how do you change it to bring the joy back into your spiritual practice? Um, I think for me, it has to be, you just got to approach it playfully, really. Like, you know, so sometimes we're all serious about our offerings, but other times it, you know, we might have to have just the right amount of marshmallows in the hot chocolate for an offering. And so you're having fun blooping marshmallows into the hot chocolate, or, I mean, I don't know. It's just, you got to have some fun with it or else your mind is not going to be as focused. Your mind needs things that, um, you know, that, that inner child, that subconscious, that, uh, uh, shadow needs that kind of fun stuff to pay attention to what's going on. So I think it's, it's just important that whatever that routine is, change it up a little. And I know, you know, Caitlin, you and I were both fond of making sure that our mesas had toys in them. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mine for years and a little, little rubber snake and a little plastic jaguar. And just like, it has to have stuff in it yeah. for that part of my spirit to have fun with her. Just, it just didn't feel right. Yeah, for me, um, I think those toys were more as a reminder for myself and less for the Kuya to play with. I think they wanted those toys in my Mesa so that I would not take life so seriously mm-hmm. and that I would kind of invoke a little bit of playfulness into my daily routine. Um, I actually did something the other day at work that I caught myself doing halfway through without even realizing what I was doing. I was listening to um, one of my favorite songs by uh, the brothers of metal called weavers of fate. 
and I just love the way that sounds song or the that sound songs <laughs> the way that song sounds and I love just singing with her and halfway through the song I realized I was singing out loud even though I had the headphones in my ears and I'm like <laughs> wait I am alone in this barn but there are open greenhouses over there and there's a guy working <laughs> in the garage right over there that can absolutely 100% hear me but here I am singing off key la 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 but I just kept going um and I, you're, you're absolutely right. Especially in times like this, you need that connection to the lighthearted playfulness of life. You need right. it. It is, to me, it is a, a human necessity to have that laughter, to have that joy. I mean, I, I always think about um, Aang in avatar the last airbender you know he was always kind of silly and kind of goofy and always had right a very good sense of humor even though the weight literally the weight of the world was on his shoulders but he was still able to let's go penguin sledding you know <laughs> but i'm the avatar but i don't want to think about that let's go penguin penguin sl- sledding you know um so integrating a little bit of play and that's part of the reason why I wanted to go to the orchard today and when we got there I I was so excited that I just started jumping up and down and I was like yay oh my god we're at the orchard and my stepson just looked at me and he started laughing he's like wow you really <laughs> are excited and I was like hey, I'm super excited this is awesome and it got him kind of amped up too so you know it, it really is infectious um not just for us, but for other people. So expressing joy around others, you know, it'll help them experience joy as well. Sarah, what you got? Well, I mean... That's a great start. I do a lot of mixing up the stuff that I'm into, but I rely a lot on stuff that I've already done. So like I'll Mm. do a lot of rote prayers and I'll do a lot of rote offerings, not because I'm not involved, but because I get a sense of security out of that regularity. Oh, gotcha. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. For me, changing up the practice every couple of days actually will push my anxiety because Mm -hmm. I have a need to do things in a order that's neat and tidy. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. And so like when I incorporate, where I find my practice gets rejuvenated is places where I find to insert new things into the, the rote work, whether it's new prayers or new offerings or new work in general. <laughs> so, you know, I might shorten this prayer, extend that one, but I'm still going to pray to Odin. I'm still going to pray to Loki and Thor and all the rest. <laughs> but the... I'm just laughing. It explains so much about your practice, my brother, because it's <laughs> like you are the spiritual equivalent of like hoarders. It's like, are we going to get rid of this practice? No, but we're adding two more. No. <laughs> and you know right what? here. Under uh, this practice and behind that one. <laughs> I will not be shocked when I look at him and Wanakauri's head just kind of pops up and goes, <laughs> I like this one. Because it's always very methodical step by step. We do this one first and then that one and this one. But there's a beauty in it too. And I kind of is people that are able to do that because um, I do feel like there's a power 
behind it, especially mm -hmm. when you're like working with like sigil work or doing like magical purpose things where you're doing the same thing with the same energy over and over and over and over again to where you're not diminishing that power you're adding to it. Um, but I'm, my mind and my energy is more trickster chaotic. So it's always like, we're shocked completely. I like, know, right? <laughs> Surprising. Um, so it's well, whatever comes to my mind that is the most powerful. I can't do the, it has to be exactly like this. I have, since my ceremonial magic days, I have built in a lot of adaptability to where it doesn't have to be exactly this thing every time. Uh, but it does follow a format. So like I have, uh, for our meal prayers, when I'm by myself, I'll do all the gods' names. But I also understand that two minutes is a bit much for my family, especially for a two-year-old daughter. So we shorten it to <laughs> thank you, gods, thank you, goddesses, thank you to oh, just yeah. being that being. Thank you, spirits. Thank you, Lanvatir. Thank you, ancestors. Best of Isle. There's there's a definite power in being able to do things consistently. And so when yes. I sat down to do something consistently, like sunset prayers or whatever, it is extremely powerful because it's so hard for me. It's just, yeah. I don't know, it's cracking me up. I just, uh, you know, mm. like... Like you're you're spending two minutes in prayer, and f shit. I think practically the gods are like members of my family. You gonna eat that? Like, hurry up! Like, I, <laughs> you didn't get here first. Sorry, Odin. Should have got here in the kitchen quicker. <laughs> like... Oh my god! I the thing like I love about my practice, though. Way. The thing that I love about my practice, though, is that it's so that. adaptable to to what the time I'm in and the, what I need to do or right. what I don't need to do. So like, if I don't need to do the full two minute prayer, not a problem because our, our daughter's not going to sit still long enough for that shit. Right. So, okay, fine. What can I do so that the pro the process is still there so that I'm teaching her because it's, the thing about a lot of my practices is it's not just for me. A lot of my practices are things that I'm passing on. So if mm -hmm. I'm teaching Very prayers, true. I'm passing those prayers on the way that I've developed them so that the next generation of whoever's taking these teachings on, whether it's my family or my apprentice knows that this is the format for the prayer and you can play with the formula from there. It's kind of, I, I, I liken it actually to jailbreaking or chaos magic, because once you know the formula and you know, this is how the prayer goes, this is what you need to say, this is how you need to say it. You can jailbreak the shit out of that and, mm -hmm. Are popping off prayers. Part of the reason I can, I'm programmed the way I am, I guess, to say the reason I can pull prayers out of my myself the way that I can isn't just because of how I'm wired, but it's also the discipline I engage to formulate prayer in the first place. Like when I was making the prayer for Loki, I had no intention of praying to anybody when i started the podcast but it was like oh once i engaged in that okay i gotta make a prayer make the right. offering make the prayer before i make the prayer because i i need to ask the gods for inspiration so i'm my rote is make a prayer to odin and loki and sometimes dionysus okay that's my process for getting the prayer wheel in my head started and then 
what am I looking for? What kind of prayer am I being inspired to? Okay, is it is it adorations? This is the format for that prayer. How does this flow in my head? What's coming out of my mouth? Or are the gods just cramming shit in there and I got to make the sausage however I can? <laughs> <laughs> so we're chewing cud here, folks. Actually, though, I, I we need to get back to it because um, interesting topic, but we didn't give you a chance to answer the original questions there. What kind right. of activities are you doing for joy? Oh, for and joy? How important is that happiness yeah. practice as part of what's going on with you right now? Well, actually, yeah, joy like, outside of spirituality. Right. Essentially, I mean, there's nothing in my life that's disconnected, though. So like, even when I'm sitting down and playing a video game, that is the kind of spirit work because I am resting myself up and preparing myself for the next time I actually need to go out and do spirit work. So I might whip this thing out and play a couple of days worth of Stardew Valley, or I might play uh, Dragon Quest one or two. I just beat one, so I'm on two now. Uh, the, the, the discipline of it for me allows for me to put joy into my life because I feel productive and that soothes the anxieties I have around that. So if I can be productive while I have off time, great. If I can put my mindset into, I am being productive because I am being, I'm doing the setup work for the next time I need to be on task. That is a better way for me to phrase it in my head. than I am going to enjoy something for myself. I have a very hard time to just buy something and enjoy it for myself in the moment. I have to just do a lot of self-justification. Not only only am I the breadwinner in the household and I'm also the budgeter, I also have this thing where if I'm not being productive, I have issues with myself. Oh, you too? So. Yay, Protestant America. Yeah, no shit. So... That's, that's a challenge that I've had to do a lot of work around. So what do I, what do I do for joy? I read, uh, I do music. I listen to music. I will watch YouTube videos. I will uh, read my comics, which I actually need to get to because I just picked up a new issue of Ghost Spider, which is the continuation of Spider-Gwen. I just started uh, reading the Witcher graphic novels. I picked up the first issue of the comic book adaption of Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology. Ooh, I didn't know that was a thing. Hmm. I'm going to have to do that because the American Gods uh, adaptation was amazing. The artwork was beautiful. The way the story was wonderful. (laughs) I wouldn't mind having this in my collection. This will be good. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. That's a good idea. I, I know I it's kind of funny to say coming from Sarenth with the, the whole being productive thing. It is really a hard thing. And it is something that definitely bleeds over even into our spiritual practices. And, and this, I think, is a lot of times where um, we even get into conflict in the spiritual community because you're perceiving that somebody else has gotten more or done more or you're reflecting poorly on yourself because you haven't written a book or done read as many books or have a blog or whatever and so that kind of passive aggressive stuff starts and that it's really hard to sit there and say am i being productive in my enough in my spiritual work because that's like really the last thing that you ever want to ask yourself a lot of times but it's a trap we find ourselves in a lot i mean honestly if i'm doing my work the question shouldn't be am i being productive enough for me Mm -hmm. If I am serving, I need to put that question to my gods, my ancestors, and my spirits. 
And nine inches out of 10, I'm getting a, yeah, you're fine. Calm the fuck down. Right. I was going to say, well, that is the proper way to look at it. But is that often the way that... Oh, hell no. (laughs) Hell no. No. And that's why we need to keep reminding ourselves of that. Yeah. And I um, I am just as, as, uh, I won't say guilty because that's not, I'm not guilty about it. I'm really working on this because nine inches out of 10, when I go, Hey, Odin, am I doing enough? He'd feel like, like, look at your arms, kid. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) Well, and like, I even think about, you know, like the, the, the old Watt, you know, spirit guru, shaman, whatever out in like a village somewhere and they tended the sheep and they did what Mm -hmm. they had to do. And I doubt highly that a lot of days when they, they'd been, herding sheep all day that they came back and it was like, what spiritual stuff did you accomplish today? They looked at you like, fucking herded sheep. What are you talking about? <laughs> I kept my sheep right. alive. That's what I fucking did. Yeah, like, and, you know, and when you need a soldier, the next be something okay. going on. <laughs> well, and that's, that's a big thing that the gods remind me of all the time because like, I am very adamant about, you know, to me, all life is sacred. Yep. From the most aggressive wasp to the tiniest mouse to the badger that is living, or not the badger, because fucking honey badgers, oh my god, um, they don't care. Um, what are the woodchucks? There's a woodchuck under my boss's porch, and um, I hate it when they trap animals because they'll call in their farmer cousin and have him come down with a gun take it out back and shoot it while it's still in the cage. And I begged him one day not to do it. I said, please don't do this. I said, there is a patch of woods five miles down the road that you can let it go in and it'll go in a totally different direction. Like it's fine. Please just let it go. And I think he heard that tone in my voice to where I was pleading for this animal's life, you know, and So when I sit around and beat myself up for, like, I've been beating myself up for not writing in the blog, even though I've been exhausted from work and I don't have time on the weekends to sit down for four hours to write out a blog and edit it and get it posted and everything. Um, My gods look at me and say, your practice isn't at your altars. Your practice is when you're out in the world. Your practice is the lens in which you see the world around you and how you behave in it. Child, you are doing fine. The fact that I talk to all the plants that I plant and I tell them they're going to grow up and be big, beautiful, happy plants that are going (laughs) to provide wonderful flowers for their owners and for the bees that are going to come eat their, their nectar Um, or to the characters that I put on the scarecrows, I say, you're going to make some child very happy you know, it's that kind of work that I do. You know, it's while I do get connection at my altars, while I do make offerings and make prayers at my altars, there is that practice. There is that, those steps that I take to make sure my due diligence is covered. But it's when I save a bee from a potentially dangerous situation and release it back outside into the world, that to me is spirituality when I fight for the life of an animal who cannot speak for itself, that is spirituality to me. When I quell my anger in the face of a customer and smile instead and be very kind and try to understand what they're saying to me, that is my spirituality. You know, there is no line really 
there is no, like you said, when the shaman went out to the field, when the mystic, the medicine man of the, the tribe went out to the field to tend the sheep, his practice never ended. He protected the lives of those animals. He made sure that they got the best field for the day and he made sure that they got home at the end of night so that they could be put up in the barn. That is his spirituality. That. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we talk so much on the show about making the corn grow. Well, even the ground needs rest. Sometimes it can't, the corn can't grow all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my main things lately is pushing people like uh, something I hear a lot with the younger practitioners is that, they feel like I don't have enough time for ritual. I don't have enough time. And it's like, no, you've got like, like you said, Sarah, there's nothing that isn't part of your spiritual life. So I have to remind them to, to, to slow down, to calm down essentially a lot, you know, because, you know, even if they've got a ton of homework, let's say they're a student, they're young, they got a bunch of homework, that homework can be completely valid spiritual offering, especially if you got to look at this greater picture of your life and what you're going to grow up and what you're going to do and how you're going to serve the spirits long-term. So how can I say that one thing is or isn't part of that spirituality? You know what I mean? Right. I agree. I also think it's really important to point out that self-care is not self-indulgence. Right. Now, so, I mean, I'm, I'm the, I mean, honestly, out of the two of you, <laughs> I'm going to be that disciplinarian asshole and be okay. Self-care. Yes. But, but yes. Well, self-care and self-care. Yes. And, but I do want to, I want to push back a little here, here, Sarah. Although I admittedly am not doing very much. I was quickly able to name things that I'm doing just for fun. You were struggling with that, my friend. Yep. Yes, I was. And that's a legit point. Mm-hmm. I think that part of it is, is that I'm spending so much fucking time at work. Like to be real yeah, honest. No, that's fair. That's fair. Like I'm doing a lot of OT. I run into that same problem. So I understand. So it's like, okay, well, how do I chill at work? Well, I'll listen to music or I will I've recently I started watching the boys, which is equal parts fucked up and funny. Right. So, you know, I'm actually having to really, for me, it's, it's this process of, okay, cool. You, you, you did the, you've done the work now do the relaxing. And that's a real challenge. So like in, but instead of instantly responding, I've been watching the boys or I've been listening to music or something like that. Is there a reason why it's so hard for you to say I did this stuff for enjoyment? I think at least partially the reason that it's harder for me to gauge, to engage in stuff that. I enjoy is because I have blown a lot of time on stuff I enjoy. So I used to be like a huge World of Warcraft player and I blew a lot of my life playing that game. And I look back and go, wow, if I had taken at that time in my life, if I had taken a 10th of the effort that I put into that game into something that mattered and actually brought me fulfillment because at the end of the day wow didn't bring me fulfillment and i started really to hate the game by the time i left it uh it it, because the game itself became a fucking chore Mm, yeah Mm -hmm. 
So that's why I left WoW. And it's why, for the most part, the video games that I get enjoyment out of are linear games with a story and a plot and a point. Or a game like Stardew Valley where I have some creative control over how I deploy myself in whatever the landscape is. So um, I have a harder time enjoying stuff like video games because I blew so much of my life on it. And it's not that I had to make money or I was, you know, I wasn't doing my schoolwork or what have you. I got through school just fine. The thing is like, I, I look back and go, wow. Um, I, I really overindulged and I don't want to go back to that because of how easy it is. Mm-hmm. the stuff that I enjoy is really easy to get hooked into and lose yourself in. Uh, it's also why I limit my time playing games like civilization because just one more turn turns into, Oh fuck. The sun is rising. Oops. Now is that so, so continuing this line of thought, was that really a waste of time? Then? Now I'll grant you that you got to a point where it felt like it was a chore and you weren't getting fulfillment out of it. That, that, that's fine. But, was it a waste of time if you really came to that point? Like if you hadn't spent the time to get sick of it, you wouldn't be pushing yourself into other areas now. Wasn't it a necessary step? Sure. <laughs> but that's so, like saying I like, ate so much. Up. Next topic. No, well, no, 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 no. This isn't unlike enjoying a food to the point you eat it so fucking much you puke and then you can't eat it anymore. Yeah. And like, it's just, no, but I, I still to... think that's, I still think that's valid because you might have at some point in time before you got to that point of being sick, realized that it wasn't a healthy diet and tried to change multiple times. And overall, this trying it back and forth, back and forth might have extended that period far longer than just getting sick. I think, I think, um, kind of what I'm relating to what you're saying, uh, Jim, through my own life, and I don't know if this will resonate with you at all, Sarenth, but um, I have some of the same issues. I can get really sucked into one thing. Like, for example, right now I've gotten really sucked into Animal Crossing where um, every morning after I get up, I eat breakfast, I brush my teeth, I get everything ready for work. And then I'll sit down for a half an hour before work and I will play and I'll run around and I'll do all my things that I need to do because I don't have enough time to do it after work because I have other shit to do after work when I get home. Um, So I play for, you know, an hour, half hour in the morning and then an hour at night before I go to bed. Um, But that is literally my free time during the day. And that is completely consumed by Animal Crossing. Um, And I started feeling bad about taking up so much of my time with Animal Crossing when a little voice in the back of my head said, you are starving me. I was being starved. And so what I'm hearing, what Jim is saying is like, if you take the idea of a starving person or animal and throw them into a room full of food, they will eat until they get sick because they're eating so fast to fill up what has been missing that they don't realize that they're actually harming themselves. So the, the idea here is to kind of inject a little bit of joy, a little bit of play, a little bit of downtime 
in little bite-sized chunks through the day so you never feel that void. So you never end up with months and months and months worth of this game is consuming my life and now I'm suddenly sick. I'm sick of it. I'm sick and tired. Right. I guess and then have that backlash of I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. So I think I think with the way that I do things now, it's a much healthier way of doing things. And I think where I'm tripping is joy. Because I I understand joy is a peak emotion. Not mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. So I think that's where I'm tripping up. I do things that I like, that I take pleasure in, but joy, joy is a peak emotion. I can't, I can't feel joy that often. I'll blow my circuits, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, what I'm looking for more when I pick up my Switch and I play a round or two or play a day or two of Stardew Valley, what I'm looking for is, ah, I'm content. I can put the game down now. What I'm not looking for is, holy fucking shit, this is the best thing ever. Um, <laughs> you know, that is what joy is. Joy is a peak experience. I'm looking for just being content because I was chasing that high so mm-hmm. bad with wow. It is the crack moment. It's the it serotonin the release. It's the, yep. it's, it's the I got my goodie, I got my candy, and now yeah. I'm going to, now what? Oh yeah, I found the what rock with for. the sixteen thousand bells in it. Yes, I can go buy all the things. Right, <laughs> but that's that's what I think I'm actually pushing back on. It's not the notion okay. of of mm. finding things to like or appreciate, take pleasure in. It's the uh, intensity of emotion is not what I'm looking for. I see. What I'm looking he, for is contentment. I'm looking yeah. for that balance in myself. And if I get too, like, I got to do work, I got to do work, I'll burn out. But I'll also burn out if I'm constantly right. looking for that high. Right, yeah. yeah. For me, joy is contentment. Like, joy and mm. contentment are very similar. And I feel a lot of joy and a lot of contentment when I'm on the farm. When yeah. we're working in the dirt and when we're working with the animals. And you're seeing, we're seeing progress in the, or when I'm working in my yard, in my garden, that is joy, that is contentment to me. Or if right. I'm playing guitar in the morning, which I have set aside 10 minutes every morning just to sit down and pluck the strings to make sure I keep mm-hmm. the chords, keep the cadence. I, I think I feel where you're coming from because I think that's might be where we're definitely disconnecting because joy for me is a much milder, mm-hmm. joy is, yeah, along the lines of contentment is not, contentment mm. is not that intense. Gotcha. Comfort. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, like joy is is like that elation. Aha! Yes, I am done it. Kind of thing. Yeah. No, Whereas I couldn't do I'm that not... an extended period of time every day. Either. Yeah, I think yeah, I think, I think that's a, I think it's a lost in translation thing because it's not that I'm not yeah. enjoying my video games, but I'm not getting that power rush every time I, I kick it on. I'm not even getting that half the time when I'm like I'll play stuff like Rainbow Six Siege. And I am nowhere near competitive level on that game, but I like it because it's fun. But I'm not getting the dopamine kick like I would if I was winning every match and having to win every match, and then I suddenly crash if I don't win a match or something like that. Like I see that with competitive players, I'm like, "Nah, I'm cool, bro." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. I that would I had... suck the enjoyment right out of it. It's part of why I stopped playing Overwatch. I had a terrible moment there, but I have to share it with you guys. And I was going to look at you, Sarah, and then say, well, you just don't have enough light and love in your life. 
Fuck <laughs> you. Positive thoughts, Aaron. I'll give you positive thoughts. Uh, hang on, I got a rune for that. I got a rune for that. <laughs> oh, man. Telling you. That's the evil in the back of my head. Oh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> it's surprisingly how much your your inner evil person is like a newage guru. I know, right? She's you wonderful. Start- <laughs> I love her. She is, um, oh, what's a good name for her? She's like one of those little valley girls. Light crystal bunny fucker. I don't know. <laughs> crystal bunny fucker. Yep, that's her name now. <laughs> that's her spirit name. Yep, Crystal Bunny Fucker. Oh, Becky, Becky Bunny Fucker. That's there we Becky go. Becky Bunny. There we go. Becky Bunny <laughs> Fucker. Mm-hmm. There she is. Oh. All righty uh, then. <laughs> so, shall so we? So, about naming your shadow, or in this case, your light, <laughs> or the episode. Right. <laughs> Becky Bunny Fucker. <laughs> I love it. That oh, is- my God. I think, breathe, Malik, breathe. <sighs> <laughs> I'm let's, let's, holy shit let's move on shall we yes we actually have a question for malik and jim yeah, i don't know malik, how much time you, you have malik will you want to uh unmute and join us and ask the question yeah ask the yeah. question <laughs> sure <laughs> breathe <laughs> you gotta unmute yourself <laughs> i think i think they're trying to breathe yeah. sorry one second <laughs> We have officially killed one of our listeners. Thank you, I'm done. Your Patreon donations will be going toward the funeral. That's right. Yep. You will be paying for all of our services at the funeral as we enter them. Yes, including the uh, Viking goat funeral that we'll be doing in their plaza. Uh, Yeah. We are not, however, covering his liver. No, we're not covering the responsibility of your guys' podcast. Fair. I mean, fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that belongs solely to three pagans on tap. That's right. That's completely fair. Uh, so my question that I asked on the on the Discord was about the importance of ground crew and especially y'all's experience as ground crew because I know everyone here is kind of spiritual specialist to one degree or another. Spend a lot of time leading rituals, etc. If y'all could elaborate on what it's like being ground crew and the importance of ground crew from either side, I would really appreciate it. Well, I'll start because I have been ground crew for Jim many, many times during um, his Peruvian Carol fire ceremony. Um, And it's, it's a level of awareness and attention that an individual needs to make sure that everybody is taken care of and um oh what's the word i'm looking for you have to basically you have to know your shit you have and you have to know people too is the other thing you have to be able to read body languages because when they're in that altered state of mind you're not reading what they're saying what they're chanting you're reading what they're body is saying if you see them bent over doubled you need to go over and check on them make sure they're okay help them into a chair help them sit down bring them something to drink you know try to get their attention back to one way or another and sometimes it even means you have to jump 
that line and get into the spirit realm and actually physically drag, drag their spirit back. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to instantly drop into a journey altered state in order to rescue somebody from the other side. Um, it, it takes a lot of skill and it takes a lot out of you. I mean, I know for the, the ritual runners, they, it takes a lot out of them too, but to have to, and have the capabilities of constantly jumping back and forth between altered state and, you know, aware state is very taxing on an individual. And the other thing is the ground crew has to take care of themselves. And you have to have the proper shieldings. You have to have the proper grounding, the cleansings to make sure you're not taking any of that ichor home with you and making sure you're not getting attacked as you're jumping back and forth as needed. And, um, you know, just making sure that everybody is safe and is following where they need to go. That's just like a lot of work for just being able to offer a cup of water. Right. <laughs> so a cup of water and some crackers, right? That's all it right. takes. I uh, always remember, so... I had it easy in some ways with Mateo, but I always had to be very careful, um, especially when she wanted me to sit next to her for certain rituals, like the despacho ritual, because as the senior apprentice, it became my job to unwrap all those little packages and separate the strings and get all the proper offerings together. Like these are all street futures and these are all the, the minerals and this is all this and that. I had it easier because she, she would only yell at me and teasing where <laughs> some of the apprentices in Peru actually get <laughs> smacked around if they're not being fast enough. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you, uh, you never smacked any of us. I, I appreciate that quite a bit. You know, Thanks. Being ground crew can be fun. I've been ground crew for a lot of rituals. Um, a lot of them because I've done the, I've been ground crew for Mateo and for a couple different chaos magicians and, couple times at you know convocation and uh other places where you know essentially they need people that they know can stay grounded and so i get Mm -hmm. called in for that a lot and um it is really interesting because you know the hard part is as you guys can say relate to i'm sure is holding space for what's going on and not getting caught up in it so the point that you can hold space and be there for everybody else that's having this experience like i'm not going to get the experience myself i'm busy which right. can be really difficult yeah but you have to be willing. really necessary yeah you have to be willing to accept the fact that you are not going to take part in this ritual you are an outside observer yeah exactly i think it answering this question it depends on the kind of ground crew you need because sometimes you literally just need somebody to make sure folks aren't too dehydrated. If you're running a drumming circle, right? Sometimes you need somebody to pull down energy so that the place where they're standing is grounded or they can wave people in and out of, you know, whatever the group ritual setting is. And sometimes you need somebody who's got the chops to be able to rip somebody out of the fucking underworld if they decide to go wandering off. So I think that really depends on what you need for ground crew because each ritual has a potential for very different needs. Um, so with 
being ground crew for a ritual has been sometimes literally as easy as, do you look like you need water? Would you like some water? Yeah. You look like your knees a little wobbly. Why don't you go take a seat? And sometimes that's literally all you're doing as ground crew. And then there's other experiences where, huh, no, you're, you're, that is not for you to go into. Get back. You know? Um, yeah. <laughs> so it really depends on the kind of ritual so like sometimes right. you're literally right. just like walking around and making for sure people stay hydrated and then other times it's like stay with the fucking tour group <laughs> yeah you're standing at the back of the group with a whip and you're like no get back there pretty much like, you have to like be scarier Mateo, than the surroundings Mateo used to the the uh cone of power at, at convocation which was great but she always gave part of her her pre-flight speech was like when this is all over if you can't get grounded if you're buzzy if you're dizzy or whatever sit down on the ground and one of my students will come and help you so it was literally my job to walk around the room and put my hands on people's shoulders and go you're grounded okay go get some orange juice and a cookie <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a <little light. laughs> yep yep red cross their ass <laughs> that's yep. right mm-hmm. that was always fun yeah, it does depend a lot on ritual, too, on the ritual itself, because like uh, with some of the weird voodoo chaos magic stuff that I've been around over the times, you know, when it's your job to keep Ogun from taking a machete to anybody, that's a whole different set of needs. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. that point, you're ground crew for the ritualist and not the ritualese. <laughs> so that's something I wanted to pick up on, because having mm-hmm. watched... Uh, Diana Paxson's uh, oracular sather with Elisheva doing the ground like Elisheva's her own fucking ground crew. She's amazing. <laughs> I, I love my sister to death. Elisheva is amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> she's the only one. She's like, oh no, I've got it. <laughs> you know, you get a good enough experienced practitioner, and they probably could run the fucking ground crew the- by themselves. It doesn't mean they don't need other people. But it does mean they might be enough of a Billy Badass to hold down an entire ritual space of 50 people on their own. Do you want to do that? Not if you've got options. Uh, ideally, depending on how big your crowd is, you might want multiple types of ground crew. This person takes care of foods. This person takes care of snacks. This person's EMS, or not EMS, but BLS certified. You know, it's usually a good idea to have somebody on grounds who can respond to a physical medical emergency. With right. Right. Yeah, if you're um, wanting to get involved in being with ground, ground crew for people, I think the big thing is to ask. Like, yeah. if you're at a, an event and there's somebody putting on a large ritual, depending on your relationship with them, mm-hmm. you can just, with just, hey, you might, I'll, I'll carry these around for you. I'll do this, that. You can approach mm-hmm. them. Is there anything that you need? Um, especially before an event, because a lot of the practitioners are planning stuff out. And so if they know, hey, this person's volunteered to help out with this, I can factor that right in when I'm designing my ritual or whatever. That makes a huge difference. A lot of it is just knowing what your strengths are right. and making sure other people know that you're available. Yeah. Right. And to to the direct point, go ahead, go ahead, Caitlin. I, I was going to ask another question, so continue. To the direct to the direct question of uh, how does one get involved in being a ground crew? Do your work, like really, like do your own work, and see if you have capacity to do it. And if you do, great. And talk with your ritualist. Uh, be very clear on what you do and don't need to know. 
um, if there are surprises inside the ritual for the people who are participating that you need to know about, mm-hmm. make sure you get that information, make sure that you have open lines of communication that make sure that there are certain ritual gestures for opening or closing a space. If what you're doing is warding, you need to know how to ward. You need to know how to shield. You need to know how to ground. You need to know how to cleanse. Um, you know, if, if I was to pick people up for a ground crew for a standard Sather ritual, that would be different than picking up people for, say, a possessory ritual. Right. And, and ground crew doesn't always have to be magical or in part of the ritual either. Right. I mean, like, super important to help people, especially the, the more aged practitioners, to schlep their stuff around and make sure right. they've got food and that they've got water and, and chop water and in charge of and drink chop drink water was winter. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yep, yep, you chop water. Um the other thing is <laughs> Yay, I broke them. It reminds me of Frozen. I'm sorry. My brain went right to the beginning of Frozen. I've never seen Frozen. I'm proud oh, to say I've got a two-year-old. So I've seen lucky. Frozen. I've seen Frozen. Um, the other thing, God. if you want to be a part of Ground Crew, is um, finding somebody you could potentially apprenticeship under, um, especially if it is something that you are very interested in. Um, or having like if you run a ritual yourself having somebody who is experienced at ground crew come in and join you and you can kind of follow them around and watch what they do right um during during it um but my question because i've done it a few times now um have you have either of you ever attended a ritual where you became accidental ground crew because the ground crew present was not capable of handling a situation mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and I, i'm not saying name names or i'm not gonna or anything i'm just saying I, how did you what did you do in that moment um because for me i attended a rather dumpster fire of a ritual and i this was after i had trained with you jim and i just pushed my wiracocha out and encompassed as many people as I could while moving like incognito seats around (laughs) just grounding people like I would grab their hands and I'm like just quietly like breathe and ground okay you're grounded cool good point of order what the hell's a weiracocha for those of us who aren't Peruvian (laughs) a weiracocha is like an energy body it is uh so before you extend it, it's like a very thin layer over top of your whole body. It is basically so we call the it like our body. Yes, it is your hammer um, in Norse mythology. But in our tradition, we can strengthen and enliven it and actually turn it into like a dome or an umbrella around us. So we've basically got a bubble. And okay, it is so... really amusing. I don't know if you've tried this yet, but with the whole social distancing thing, if you have your Wiracocha out while you're walking through the grocery store, people avoid you. It's amazing. Nice. Yeah. I don't want to project that. I have enough people who's flagged me down in the middle of fucking mire now as it is. Oh, yeah. No, this works like uh, Leoman's S- tiny hut in D&D. Okay. Okay. Where <laughs> you decide who comes in and who doesn't. Nice. So yeah, Brandon, so I was asking. It would basically be a shielding of a type, sort of. Okay, so it's not strictly the hammer per se. It's like 
Okay, it's like more like a shield. Um, it has way, many functions. I the think. way Matteo used to describe it, which I still refer to some ways because it, it, it's think of it as a supercharged aura. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, kind of like a hammer then. Okay, that makes sense. That can it's, function it's, as a shield if need. So it's I, and I don't know if Caitlin experiences it the same way I do. I've come to realize that yes, they are very similar in a way because, um, so the Wiedercocha can be extended out and it can be, it can be, uh, you can use it to make a bubble or a shield around yourself. You can extend it out to sense other things, to envelop other things, but most importantly, you can send it away from yourself to sense things at a distance. And as my spiritual worlds have overlapped somewhat. I'm realizing that my Wiedercocha is the substance that me, that becomes the animal form when I travel. So yes, it very much yes. is. Yeah, absolutely. The I, I, I thought that was a weird thing to myself, but yeah, absolutely. When I uh, do my animal journeys, um, mm-hmm. When I become the animal, it's my Wetakocha that becomes yeah, it's, it's, uh, the, the animal. Yeah, becomes the building blocks of my animal forms. And right. Okay, then yeah, yeah, that translates very well to me for the Hammer then. Okay, very cool. I get that now. So, so isn't that a kind of something else in Norse practice? Oh, Haminga? Kind of. Like, Haminga is complicated. It is complicated. Long, long story short, it's group luck. So it can manifest in terms of second sight in a number of ways, including animal forms. And it may or may not be an extension of a person's hammer, depending on how tied in it is. The, right. the fun part about the Norse soul matrix is that a lot of them are tied together and interlaced. Well, this is yeah. why if your hammer died, you had a pretty good chance of dying. Well, a lot of this is... Um... It, it, there, there are similarities there in the Peruvian as well because uh, so there's two terms that you can use for the supercharged aura. The pokpo is one and that's more of a bubble kind of concept but the reason we call it a wiracocha, wiracocha is also the name of the great creator spirit. So it is a reflection of the creation mm. spirit within you that is you as well. So there's like all these different layers to it. So it's kind of, I can see where there's an overlap for a couple of different Norse terms, but it's interesting once again, the, as we keep discovering the, the areas where things are similar. It's and really funny practices. how many they, they come together. Yeah. I, when I was um, trying to understand the way to Koja, better um, because I didn't connect well with uh, Wiracocha himself. Um, I went on a journey to him to try to understand it better. And he literally, like we were up in space and he literally turned me around and said, look at the magnetic field around the earth. Look at how that changes in cycles. Look at how it bubbles up and around. It is essentially the same thing. Right. You have that because she has well, that. And, and Wiracocha itself translate essentially to the, the, the great creator is the, the foam on the ocean. Right. So all those billions and billions of bubbles as the waves crash ashore, those are us. Mm-hmm. 
So Malice yeah. Mind is this. <laughs> Welcome to Capital. It is amazing. For anybody and who it's funny you mentioned that. this path, he's a teacher of it. <laughs> a very well, good one. It's really fun that you you talk about that because of the theological implications of the three creator gods of humanity. But there's actually a fourth, and most people ignore or completely bypass it, and that is Yorth herself. Because it's not just Othin, Vili, and Ve, or Othin, Holrenir, and Loth that are bringing us fundamental qualities of human beings. We get our form and how we function from her. You know, if she is a kind of, if she isn't a silent, I wouldn't say she's silent, but she is not remarked in the sources, mm. but we, we show up on the shore as driftwood in the creation story. Right. So, you know, that whole bit you were talking about with the saying to you, you have this because she has this. Well, no shit. Right. <laughs> Likewise, <laughs> because Oscar and Embla come from the trees and we come from Yorth. Yep. We have what she has. That yep. makes total sense to me. It's almost like these ideas are compatible. <laughs> no, 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 no. My brain just went down a fucking wormhole. I'm not doing that. Nope, nope, nope. Something about Iduna with the apples of immortality and coming from the trees and how everything is connected. <laughs> and we are the immortality of the gods. And they li- and it just went... Off and away, and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> not doing that yet, not doing that. Yes, plans within plans. I agree. And <laughs> the fun part about Ithun is she has to be the one to take care of the orchard. Right. None of the other gods can do it. Nope. We can't do it. Nope. So this grace, this power, has to come through her hands. You know, and when we start looking at all of our different pathways and where we are in life, I think that that's something really important to think about how we relate to the, like the physicality of our bodies, as well as to the spirituality of how all these things are interconnected. You know, the we are Kocha being just one great example, Hammer, Hamingya, Filgya, yada, yada. Da, 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 da. Hamingya. <laughs> da, 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 da. I'm just amused that we so rapidly shifted from ground crew to creator gods without even <laughs> hardly a breath. But, but that's just what we do. But I, I just had a really interesting thought, and I know we're getting really close. Come on, to come on. I don't know when hey, whatever. to go, Jim. But, whatever, um, whatever. I'll call it if I have to. So the, the story of Ithuna and listening to you talk about how she is the one that has to tend the apples of immortality for the gods and no one else can do it for her is a reflection on how we should be living our lives and tending our own gardens because our gardens if they're lush and full can feed many but if we don't tend our own gardens, they will feed no one and nobody else can tend our gardens for us. 
So you have to tend your own garden of immortality in order to feed others. And I'm not just talking about self-care. I'm talking about bettering no. yourself through education. I'm talking about right. bettering yourself through the studies of your spirituality, bettering yourself internally, um, strengthening yourself mentally and physically if that is necessary for you. Um, but this is also a teaching in yoga is tending your garden because the fruits of your labor are not your own. They're not meant for you. You tend your garden for others to feast from. And it's not, it's not the all-consuming thought process that we see in capitalist America, which is something that I see a fear in a lot of people. Well, if I give this thing away, people are just going to take and take and take and take until there's nothing left. But the thing is, if you continuously keep tending your garden and can you continuously keep it and keep it well, there will be an endless well of things for others to feast off of. So I'm going to relate this back to ground crew. So in that tending your own garden, you know, sometimes because we're not a goddess, we do need help tending our orchards. Right. And that is what the ground crew does. And if you have a really good ground crew, the orchard is good. The orchard's healthy. If you have a ground crew that is there to grandstand, that's going to be a problem because they're not going to do the work that's needed. They're going to do the work that satisfies them. Right. So why do you want to be a ground crew is an excellent question to ask. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be of service or wanting to be part of a ritual. I'm actually not arguing against ego. I am saying account for it. Right. There, if you have a healthy ego, then ego is not bad. Ego in itself is not a bad thing, but if nope. it is an inflated or an overzealous ego, then it is bad. You have to have a well-tended, well-groomed ego, I guess. I hate the word groomed. Tended? Tended, I guess. Yeah, well-tended ego. You know, you can be proud of the work you do and you can be proud of who you are, but you can't be obnoxious with it. You can't be grasping with it. Yeah. The, the ground crew question is really important because sometimes it's the ritual will go just fine and the ritualist will be fine until they're not. Right. You know, sometimes the ritualist needs somebody to act as the stopgap. Something that I was going to pick up on earlier that I just remembered was one of the catchphrases, not catchphrases, but one of the, the trigger phrases that they were using in the oracular say there was, would you know more? And something to the effect of, is this oracle finished? Or is this, is this uh, answer satisfactory? Or some, some sort of trigger phrase to stop. Right and go on to the next question. That is also what a ground crew can do. Right. And the person had a specific response. They had to, it was a, a call and answer type of response. It was a, a triggered response, which was very clever. Um, so that the, the say they knew, okay, my ground crew can now turn on to another person. We can focus, focus our energies that way. Um, it, it's almost utilized as a link between this world and that. Well, well especially if, if you're the ritualist and you're deep in trance, you're not paying attention to that damn clock and you might only have two hours to do this ritual. And so your ground, your ground crew can literally be a timekeeper. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, so, uh, do we have more questions? 
Well, we had one, one earlier. Yeah, that I don't know if you guys want to dive into or not. Uh, how much? How much time you got, Sarah? Yeah. I don't have to be to work till like eleven. I'm good. So, what oh, parts okay. of New Age beliefs piss you all off? That's the question. Fuck. <laughs> do you want to go down that rabbit hole today? Yeah, let's do it. What the hell? We asked yeah. for. We asked for. It's an open format. Let's do this thing. We certainly did. Hey, Jim. Beep, beep. <laughs> Um, I guess, so the, the part that, uh, always seems to get under my skin is this conception that, um, up is good, down is bad, right? We must always be elevating our consciousness and yet somehow the world's going to get better by us doing nothing but ignoring it and trying to elevate our consciousness. This is a closed loop of thinking that I just can't follow. I don't understand how you can fundamentally make the world better by ignoring it and doing nothing but trying to elevate to the next dimension. The fuck does that even mean? Nobody can tell me. (laughs) The thing that fucking pisses me off about those assholes is the fact that they constantly chase ecstatic states. Constantly. They're always Mm -hmm. looking to be fucking elevated and having that be their, like, oh, I got my Girl Scout badge because I'm always (laughs) elevated. No, fuck you. You cannot be constantly elevated. My pin in the mail today and it says I'm a six dimensional bee. (laughs) Yay. Jazzy ads. Don't you know that's what we do now? Oh, my fucking gods. I'm adding it to my Tinder profile. Did you used to be that person, Caitlin? Because you do that voice a little fucking too well. Look, all right, I have an issue with accents. Okay, we've been over this. I have an issue with accents. It's a persona I created a long time ago, and I can't get rid of her. Look, I'm just asking if Becky Bunnyfuck used to be you, because damn. No, no, dear God, no. No, she was... um, She's kind of my customer service voice, so I spent many years in customer service, and when you get that tone... With people that are being total dick bags, that you always get that kind of little. You're our treasured customer. Yes, you are wonderful. Thank you so much for your concerns. Which is, ironically, probably that voice is what created that one email that I had to send a while back for you. Nice. So, sure how about how about that. you, Sarah? What part drives you crazy? But they're all just thought forms. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you go right ahead and tell Odin he's just a thought form. You do that. You or know archetypes. They're or all archetypes. archetypes. They're all archetypes. You know what? You know, you you do that. Because if you don't believe the shit you're doing, <laughs> I want to watch the train wreck when you finally figure out that's a train. You know, it's it is equally stupid to me to say I don't believe in this but I'm going to summon it up anyway on on what you're doing Pascal's wager you dipshit if you don't believe it's real you're essentially rolling the dice and none of the ones where the gods turn out to be real are going to be in your favor because you're an idiot <laughs> like dude do, do, like no really Pascal's wager is one of four options you roll the dice. Either the gods are real, the gods are not real, maybe, 
you do the practice and they aren't real and you make a better life for yourself. And maybe they're not real and you make a worse life for yourself. Like Pascal's wager is really goddamn simple. And none of the ones where the gods turn out to be real for most of these dumb shits are a good reality for them to live in because they are completely disrespectful. I, I also don't like, and we've discussed this before, the victim blaming mentality mm. of so much new age thought. Yeah. Or being stuck in the victim cycle altogether and using that as an excuse for why they are the way they are. But it's just your thoughts and if you change them. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot that part of it. So much of the new age is white privilege disguised as spirituality. There, I said it. Thank you. Bravo. Moreover, it is occultism with the work stripped out of it. Well, Mm. and it's a fucking leech colony. You know, you've got these people, these... It's a leg, grab it! You have capitalist (laughs) white individuals, whether they're male or female, it doesn't matter, that are preying on these people who are starving for Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. to make them feel better. You know, they're just sucking the life out of these people based off of this bullshit fucking path of nowhere you know here let me lead you down a dark alleyway and shiv you at the end because you gave me 20 bucks and call it spirituality crystal's at least going to cost you 500 (laughs) but you find it on ebay for two so i mean but you know you know though they went through the very very special empowerment that they received from a guru whose name you cannot longer find because they're not in the official records but they insist that they were an ascended spiritual master that taught them before they left this earthly plane of existence so it's okay you know if you swallow this huge wadge of bullshit and you buy in long enough you will just keep giving me money i I think a really good way to um peg new age spirituality don't peg new agers they'll think you're going for enlightenment (laughs) yeah no round hole square peg thing don't do it you know if you start Um, in the underworld you'll eventually get to the upper world (laughs) well you know shit rolls downhill actually (sighs) that's what anyway (laughs) um they they're getting very good i found at masking and disguising themselves um Mm -hmm. by listening Mm -hmm. to actual experts on certain topics and they just parrot back information um and it's frightening really and especially to be a practitioner like myself um i'm I'm just trying to remain on the back burner for a while just to kind of see what happens. And um, instead of like, and I found myself saying, you know, when people ask me, do you have a belief system? I say, no, I have a way of life. This is how I live. Right. You know, it's not necessarily a spirituality. It's not necessarily a religious practice. It is a way of life. I believe my gods are with me all the time. Um, But you get these new age people that say the most ridiculous things. And I don't know if it's for shock value or to like catch your attention. And they use all these click words and these catchphrases. And you're like, oh, this guy has, you know, a $5,000 amethyst crystal behind him and a couple of those singing bowls and a nice, beautiful mosaic painted behind him. He must be an expert in something. 
<laughs> I mean, keeping in mind that I like singing bowls. I love but them. They're great. They're useful spiritual tools. They have context and they have purpose. And they may or may not have context or purpose in a given path. Can you explain the context? And a lot of New Age doesn't have that because there is no context besides Protestant Christianity with the uncomfortable bits stripped out of it. And, oh, the, the, the important part is I spent $500 on it. Right. I should be healed, right? Right. That's, that's the other thing, guys. Look out for the people that say, if you spend $1,000 on my weekend workshop that's online and you will be healed and no longer have this issue, red fucking flags. Don't go. You know, that, that healing and that, that grounding comes from the work that they help you facilitate for yourself. Assuming they're even doing work. Right. You know, you, you got to find the healers that will show you the way, but, and sometimes drag you kicking and screaming through it, <clears throat> Jim. <clears throat> um, but the, I, I will... the healers are the ones that will make you do it yourself. Well, I, I think that there are times in our life where we go to spiritual healers and we need to put ourselves into their hands and that's a very vulnerable place to be. And there are people that you can do that with in the pagan community who are doing this from a, an ethical, grounded, spiritual framework. Right. And then there are these motherfuckers who are literally in it for the self-aggrandizement, the money, or both, or because they want to feel special. Right. And the... Uh, I have a hard time blanket condemning any one particular practice because I've seen people in the community who do the practice at hand very well and carefully with ethical and philosophical backing for why they're doing it. But the problem with newage is that it specializes in strip mining ideas and spiritual practice completely out of context. I have seen newage folks who are like, well, I'll do a soul retrieval on you. And I'm like, and with fuck all what? And How? Why? And, and, and what do you do afterwards? Exactly. Right. And they can't tell you because they don't fucking know. Which is they, why, partly, I think that we were smart to move away from the terms like shaman. Besides the appropriative quality, unfortunately, the word shaman don't mean shit. No, it is because of the way water. that a lot of new age folks have watered that term down. Now, mm -hmm. I, I am fully behind the yucky and other people of the Amazonian rainforests who are using it to communicate with folks who come to them for help. You know, I can't make that ethical choice for somebody else. That being said, they have spiritual frameworks for what they're doing and how they're doing it. Just like you, just like I, and this is where gatekeeping is really effective at keeping people safe. Can I tell you what I am, how I do it, why I do it? Now, I'm sorry, but if you've got somebody who claims that they're a spirit worker and they can't tell you why they're doing a thing, fucking run. Get out. Because if they cannot tell you why, they probably don't know. So... I, I actually have to counter that a little bit because there are times when I do things and I have no idea why. But when it comes <laughs> okay, that's true to, as well, isn't it? 
No, but when it comes to like a legitimate ritual, like when I'm doing a despacho ritual or when I'm doing a sacred fire or if I'm doing an actual ceremony that comes from my tradition, I can tell you how, why, and where and what goes into it and who I pray to and why we do certain things. I can tell you all of that information, but sometimes I'll walk up to somebody and hand them a rock and be like, I don't know why you need this, but it caught my eye and it wanted to be your friend. Here you go. And they'll burst into tears because they're like, Oh my God, this looks like a rock. My grandfather gave me when I was three, you know, they're, they're little, the little things when a spiritual person does that, Sometimes they don't know why. But, but you do know why, because a spirit told you to give them the fucking rock. Sure. But there are moments where you're like, I don't know why I'm saying this. So if a spiritual person says that, but it's the little moments that you have to look at that they're saying, I don't know. If you're in the middle of a ritual and somebody does something weird and you say, why did you do that? And they go, I don't know. That's when you need to be worried. Um, another thing that I look for is um, advice that my yoga teacher gave me when she moved was um, look for the humble teacher. If you walk into a studio and they're in, a, in an extremely difficult pose, waiting for their class to get set up instead of engaging with the class as they walk in, you need to run because that person is in it for ego. And I also attribute that to the um, Instagram yogis because yoga is not sexy. It is not meant to boost your fucking Instagram post. It's not there to make your butt look good. Okay, yoga is a practice to supplement your daily life and your spiritual practices. That is what yoga is for. And I, I obviously have an issue with this. Sure. I, I think that what's really fun is we can push back on anything that we're putting out as a general format, because there's always going to be an exception to the rule. What I think is interesting about the exceptions we're pointing out is that the reasons that we're having these exceptions is that the people who are providing these exceptions are grounded in a philosophy, a worldview, a spiritual practice, and they've got the fucking chops right. and new age practice doesn't equip you with those. They say, here's the practice, but if you fuck something up or if you can't visualize, they have nothing for you. Like a third, I believe, is of, of humankind literally cannot visualize. They physically can't fucking do it. Right. But so many of these New Age books rely exclusively on that as a framing method. Right. So... Which, which reminds me, we did officially... Get Thank that you. date set up with that expert. Yay! So there will be I'm so a show excited for the, that. Probably our last regular show of the year because it's going to mm. be one of our last dates in December before the big uh, crossover with three pagans and a cat. So, so is that that final one, the crossover, going to be our final one for the season? Yep. Then we'll take our seasonal hey. hiatus and be back in the. Late Go out time. on a drinking binge. Hooray. <laughs> Sleeping and getting fat binge, maybe. <laughs> I just Yay, called out holidays. Holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Do you know how often I drink, you guys? Not often. I'm, I'm going to have a drink with probably this much in it and be drunk. Jesus. Just yeah, so you, are, you are correct, man. The drunken divination with three pagans and a cat. That will yep. be happening. So I am super December. excited about that. I had a blast the last time, so I'm really looking forward to the both of you. 
I'm kind of bummed that I missed that one. <laughs> um, yes, brother. You feel like tackling one more? Yeah. Why not? All right. Hey, JD, do you feel like unmuting and talking to us about the underworld situation? Sure. Why not? I'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to say, you hit that damn bus. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so, I, I should clarify, I... It's not so much like, ooh, the underworld, super scary, super bad. It is literally how my brain gets when interacting with things that are underworld focused. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's something as simple as, you know, we're creating a sacred space and we invoke, let's say, oh, we invoke, you know, the divine after doing, you know, each of the elements and da 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 da. We invoke the divine. No problem. Feel fine. Invoke the underworld. It feels like there is just like grinding gears for the most part all around me. Hmm. And uh, even people who are like, there are things I can do that I've learned that I'm like, okay, it mitigates this feeling, but I have yet to actually figure out the thing that's causing the weirdness, if that makes sense. So um, expand, can you expand a little bit more on the grinding gears uh, feeling is it like painful or is it just hard to get into is it brain fog what is it 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 it, it, it literally feels as though someone is like has like an electric razor held on my head (laughs) like like my entire head is inside a razor just oh wow it is it is very uncomfortable (laughs) that might just be a matter of your energy like your baseline energy not being able to vibe well with the baseline energy of the underworld like it might not have anything to do with what you're doing wrong it's just your your grounded energy is on a different level on a different frequency i should say than what the underworld energy is on and you can't cross those streams right that could be as simple as that that's kind of been the framework that we've been working under. However, I know I've also gotten some divination on this, and it's just like, keep digging, you'll figure out something. I'm like, what, what do you mean? What am I supposed to figure out? <laughs> um, can I I've been ask, working. Oh, yeah, sure. Can I ask what underworld you've been trying to attend? Uh, it's just actually been like the couple you know the couple times I've I've been involved with creating sacred spaces I know it happened twice at combo this last year one was just a simple hey figure out what sort of things you're good with and what sort of things you're bad with um class held by I cannot remember her name uh the larger the larger woman with the staff I cannot remember her name uh I'll try to remember it my friend that is like half of con Baba Teddy. Baba Teddy. Thank you, Malik. <laughs> um, she held a class that was for like newcomers, kind of. Okay. And it was very... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say. Very, so, uh, very it, helpful. It was Dame. It was Dame. Oh, Dame. It was Dame? Oh, yeah. sorry. That yeah. would have been Lady Dame. I, I'm terrible with names. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> I, no, I'm, I, I can... I'm right there with you. I got faces. <laughs> Yeah, faces. Face, faces. I know she was wearing an orange, like an orange, like one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. Like I, I know exactly what she looks like and what she was wearing. I just can never remember names. Um, okay, so um, like in that, it's like oh, one part we invoke 
you know, with the underworld for creating the sacred space. And it's just like that feeling of just like buzziness just sort of clicked on. And it's not dread. Like, like I should be very clear. These are, it's not like it's, oh, that's some harsh negative emotion or it's, it's not that it's just literally like a buzzing. Um, and then the other one was during the, oh, during the, um, what was that class? It was the Odin, um, the Odin one. Uh, oh, okay. Where, yeah. Where we traveled down to, uh, oh, that like, was the Nine Faces of Odin one? Yeah, where we, I don't think so. I think it was the one where she was doing divinations for it. Oh, it was Sather. Oh. The Sather work. Yeah, the yeah. Sather work where we traveled down to the gate of Helheim. And, like, just, like, mentally being there is just like, I'm, I'm not in the place. We're not, we didn't cross that barrier. And my brain is just like, I feel as though someone's just like, you know, shaking the front of my face. <laughs> okay. Um, it's kind of like you're getting a filling in. Kind of, yeah. Just, your whole brain is just kind of vibrating. Shaking, right. And okay. even something as simple as, um, uh, you know, uh, actually Josie, Josie with one of really good friends, she does, works a lot uh, with Hal. And she was just like, you know, like trying to be like, okay, well, here's a small amount of that energy. What does that feel like? It's like, okay, here's a small amount of that energy. It feels like a very light vibration of that sort. And like do you doing have that. An, do you have an ancestor worship? Uh, when they request it, yes. I think doing a more regular ancestor practice will help. But not everybody needs to vibe with underworld energy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't like been a detriment to me. It's just sort of something that's a thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just a, like, curiosity is why is this happening? Yeah. I, I keep going back to the, the thought of what I said earlier. It's just your, your frequency isn't quite matching to the frequency of the underworld because... Um, I vibe very well with the underworld where getting into the upper world is um, sort of difficult for me. It's like I'm trying to swim upward through a thousand pounds of jello. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Into the upper world is very difficult for me, but I'm also a very kind of relaxed person and I'm very introverted and I like my alone time and I like being with the dead. I mean, I wanted to be a mortician when I was, like mm-hmm. six um so it could just be that simple of a matter and if it is something that is really kind of bothering you i would i would turn to my ancestors and ask uh for help in this manner you know can you help mm-hmm. lessen the vibration so that i can visit here so that i i can come to your lands right because any sort of ancestor work that like even just personal stuff of like just trying to communicate it's I really have a hard time going there for it's a lot easier for me to be like here I will find a way for you to come here <laughs> right that's way easier than trying to figure out a, a way for me to go there what are you thinking about Jim you have that that furrowed brow look that I know so well <laughs> <laughs> so there is a concept in in Peruvian spirituality called uh, Yanatin. And Yanantin is the 
complementary blending of opposites. So when I hear you say things like grinding gears and when I hear uh, the, the divination said, keep digging, what I think uh, feeling is that acknowledging that you might not ever have a great relationship or ability to journey to the underworld is fine. Your focus perhaps should be on finding the complementary opposite to that energy or how your energy can be a complementary opposite. Or to put it in a more mechanical terms, figure out how you can mesh up those gears better. Okay. Um, so, you know, not to say that, you know, um, you might, your energy might just not be extremely compatible. And so it might not ever be the best place for you to work, but how can you alter your energy, your mindset, your whatever to make it so you're not getting such a discordant feel? Yeah, absolutely. And, and then for ancestor work, um, perhaps it even necessitates you needing to shift to work more with like say elevated ancestors that you might be able to find in the upper world as opposed to the lower world i didn't even think of that as a thing oh yeah oh yeah oh, oh that's that's a oh it is a thing yeah and didn't you know can even thing. you can um elevate ancestors yourself being a living ancestor if you have an ancestor that is particularly struggling their um varied rituals that you can follow to elevate them i know a popular one is to um find a, a visage or a picture or something that reminds you of that ancestor and put it on a pillar seven day candle and once a day you light that candle say a prayer and you put it on the bottom shelf and then the next on the bottom shelf of a many shelved bookshelf mm-hmm. and the next day you move it up one shelf like you are physically elevating that ancestor from where they're at and every day you elevate them one shelf higher until they're very at the very top and that is a physical representation of elevating them from the lower to the upper world i i would be cautioning get your ancestor practice down first right yeah relationship with your ancestors yeah yeah, not worrying about elevating anybody, but the um, uh, but I do think there might be something there to starting. You might have to because of some way that your energy works, or something that you need to uncover, or some work that your ancestors need, or who knows. There's a whole litany of things that are both ancestor related or personal um, that might require you to start working with upper world energy first okay and a lot of times i teach it that the underworld is the access to the upper world so when we're talking about the complementary opposites that might become working on a way in your practice to basically just Just, say i'm passing through and heading to the upper world if that makes sense yeah that's that's completely fair and i know that uh i also know that a little bit of it is just because my family history as far as like my grandparents are concerned stops with that like they're like no 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 you're like my great-grandparents are just like your great-grandparents ignore them ignore them just this onward (laughs) uh they were very adamant pretty much on both sides about that even as they got older um, 
you know, kind of the idea of uh, I, one of the, 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 I guess the idea of why we're working with ancestor work is trying to reconnect the idea of having family past that point, if that makes sense. Like no acknowledging yeah, the fact that yeah. my family goes past that point. Yeah. So yeah, that actually really now see if, if uh, Sarah and Caitlin, if you concur with this. So what it's starting to feel like to me is that there is too much resistance in the underworld, perhaps because of spirits that are just like, no, I don't want anything past this. We're cutting it off. Here's the limit. So by working with an elevated ancestor saying, hey, you've got the power, you've got the mojo, you've been elevated. I need you to help me open up these doors. That's how the, the gears will get moving with the underworld work. It's, okay. it's going to be yeah. kind of a reversal but situation like of what normally people would do. Normally people would start with the underworld and then work up, but you're going to have to work possibly with that elevated energy down in order to free things up. Gotcha. Um, does, that, does that make sense? What do you yeah. think, I agree. With curious that, what Sarah sure. is thinking on that. He seems lost in thought. Yeah. And, and in the me, and also like uh, I do agree, but also with Sarah's idea of like actually making it more of a practice. That's something I know we've talked about before in the Discord, like trying to get that idea becoming more solid. Um, so I'm pinging really hard with where Jim's coming from. What I'm hearing is Desir. Um, so I'm going along with Jim's notion of elevated ancestors, and I don't think all the Desir are in the underworld. So you're probably going to find somebody in the upper branches of the, I'm working with the, the, yeah. with the Yggdrasil, but the general conception of the world tree, you might want to find somebody in the upper world. That's part of your, your Desir, your, your powerful female ancestors, at least as far as heathens are concerned, they are the ones that organize the family lines and get shit fixed. Yeah. D- Desir is the term in Norse mythology that means powerful. powerful female ancestor and then there's the the fate tier right as the father it's it's not just north mythology term it's it's a heathen term it's a term the desir are our powerful female ancestors they can include goddesses they can include um our own family lines nor near so they are the powerful matriarchs that weave our bloodlines, our, our collective Orlog and Earther are, are the fabric of who and what we are. So mm-hmm. I think Jim's pinged exactly right. I think it's an elevated ancestor. Right. And the way that I conceive of it is probably a powerful female ancestor in the upper world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what you're going to do is develop a practice where you're reaching out or making offerings to your powerful female ancestors. And you're going to be asking them, hey, there's other ancestors and making the local world work uncomfortable. They're making it hard. They're not allowing me to connect please help me get them in order. <laughs> so does, that ping, is, does, that, 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 does that, that ping with you, Jim? Yes. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Okay. And then, yeah. Cause I, again, I didn't even know the concept of there being, you know, literally split between the two. I didn't know that, but sure. Yeah. I can look, I can, I'll try it and see what happens. I mean, I mean, there's a couple <laughs> different ways of looking at it. That, yeah. 
have some validity like you know when we talk about soul fragmentation or pieces of a soul like we have before like i've always conceptualized that parts elevate and parts stay in the underworld yep but we can also conceive of it that it all raised it all lowered whatever i mean uh, we could we could spend all day sifting this sand and not come up with a with a real answer that's uh, definitive for the entire cosmos so mm-hmm. <laughs> um we're just going to roll with the the concept that there's elevated and ones that need to be elevated and you need to basically start with an elevated or more powerful ancestor that can help get the other ones into shape. Okay. Well, I will. Yeah. I mean, I'll look into it. I'll give it a try and I'll uh, see what happens. Cool. Let us know. And I I was just saying, keep you posted. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Welcome. All right. Well, with that, you guys, you want to call this a show? Should we wrap up? Yeah, I'm honestly curious to know what the title is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to let you know when I figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> Episode 56. Yeah, we talk about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have no <laughs> where the heck. Stuff, weird ass nicknames, comic um, books. Any, you know. Anybody who's here, I'm, I'm asking yes, for Sarah. suggestions on the title. Yes, yeah, Sarah, go ahead. So before we wrap up, I want y'all to plug your stuff, and I'm going to plug my stuff again. Plug your pluggables. Well, my pluggable has not been updated in a while because I have been exhausted and have not had time. I'm hoping to sit down and write out a formal explanation tomorrow. Um, to know that I will be back on track sometime mid-December, but work is just kicking my ass right now. And I don't know how you guys do it. Honestly, I can't do both um, mentally (laughs) or physically. Um, But if you're interested, I do have quite a few blog posts posted on um, Storm Paco uh, on WordPress. I think it's wordpress.com forward slash Storm Paco. S-T-O-R-M-P-A-Q-O. And you can find me on Discord, Instagram, at Stormbreaker. Jim? All righty. Um, I can be found pretty much on every platform as Jim2Snakes. That includes Instagram, TikTok, and all the other fun stuff. And if you go to Jim2Snakes.net, you're going to be taken to my Patreon, which I just updated some of the wording and the tiers for And I've been going through a big process of really trying to understand what it is I'm offering. And um, I've been coming to some really good conclusions by doing some tarot readings and some insight work. And I realize now that a word that struck me really hard earlier in the year is really important for what I'm doing on Patreon now. And it's really, it's about your spiritual sovereignty. So if you're looking for someone that can mentor you through you finding your own path, that's me. So helping you find your spiritual sovereignty. That's beautiful. Excellent. And of course, the Around Grandfather Fire Patreon. Of course, you, we welcome your support. Join us on Discord. Even without being a Patreon, you can uh, support or you can join us on our Discord. So Yeah, come hang out. It's an awesome community. I mean, <laughs> there, there are times when questions are posted and other members of the Discord cover it so well that I'm just like... I. I'd rather be on our Discord than Facebook any day. So. Uh, 100%. Yep. It's such a loving, warm community. Please, please come join us. There's so much love and support there. Sarinth, plug mm-hmm. your stuff. Right. So 
You can find my blog at sarnth.wordpress.com. If you want to support me as a blogger and now a video maker, a video blogger, you can hit me up on patreon.com backslash Sarnth Odinson. And that's S-A-R-E-N-T-H-O-D-I-N-S-S-O-N. And my Twitter handle is Sarnth. My Instagram handle is Sarnth. I believe my uh, TikTok handle is also Sarnth. So if you want me to... If you want to check me out in any of those locations, hit me up. If you need personal help or if the Patreon doesn't quite address the thing that you want to have addressed or you want to have some insight on, S-A-R-E-N-T-H at gmail.com. I've got a couple of irons in the fire and some special projects that I'm not quite ready to reveal just yet because I'm still getting the kinks worked out. And so the gears are coming into motion, but it's a question of... Mm, getting my all of my ducks in a row before then i am now working on my second stretch goal which is officially releasing two videos per month once i hit 750 nice. a month regularly that will open up as a stretch goal being completed awesome. so right now i produce one video a month and i usually uh will take topic suggestions for that as well as for my blog so if you want to be a contributor in that regard hit my patreon up and let me know in the in the uh uh, postings and all that what you want to see for the around grandfather fire discord don't forget that we are here pretty much 24 7 there's always somebody on somebody to talk to mm-hmm. and do not forget that you can help directly impact the show by helping us out on our patreon and you can also help plug the show on social media by sharing we are on anchor.fm so if you want to send us audio visual mess or I'm sorry audio messages you can do it through the anchor app or you can send us video clips and such like that through to our uh, email so please hit us up join us on the discord yeah and share the shit out of our show <laughs> we have merch too oh that's right shit go buy our we shirts have merch. Yep. we have shirts and mugs and stickers and shit. It's awesome. I know. <laughs> so if you ever wanted to see spiritual accounting broke down in a very simple format, Jim has been awesome and put together the spiritual accounting format for t-shirts, mugs, stickers, you name it. So it's awesome. some of our, some of our supporters have already gotten theirs. I'm looking forward to getting mine. Yeah, I'm so working on mine. We're going to be on Redbubble around grandfather fire. Oh, is that that's a right. journal? journal with our yeah, right. Is that I a journal? We, that. we have journals. We have journals. Yay. Oh, fuck, man! <laughs> Mind blown. Oh, that's right. I totally blinked on that. That's awesome. Cheese and rice, man. This is nuts. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so there's a lot of ways to support you. the show and support us. And we thank you so much for that. Yeah. Thank you everybody so much for your support. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah, for you. Uh, helping uh, remind us to plug all this fun stuff. So I'm getting better and, at uh, it. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine he has a sign next to his computer, just like I had a sign next to mine to remind me to call him Sarah <laughs> and not his other name. I forgot to plug one thing for myself and my co-hosts. Oh, yeah. I, I apologize. Three Pagans oh, yes. on Tap. We meet yeah. every other Tuesday. It's not going to be this Tuesday. It will be the following Tuesday, which is the 20th. So if you want to check us out on Three Pagans on Tap, we review alcohol mixes and non-alcohol mixes, mocktails, that kind of thing. Talk about our spirituality and how it connects to drinking. It, pl- plugging is something I'm getting a bit more used to. Mm. Um 
it's so, weird talking about ourselves. You know, it's the whole about page on your profile. That that's kind of the whole podcast. Yeah, I know. I just kind of <laughs> leave it blank now. I'm just like, yeah, I'm fucking weird. Come talk to me. <laughs> I'm fucking weird. That's the best tagline for a vulva. Yeah, I'm fucking weird. Oh, I know, Jim. You're trying to wrap this poor thing up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Call me. Hang on. Time out. What the fuck was that? (laughs) What the damn thing? Come on. We got to wrap this show up. Come on, Jim. Oh, no, no, no. No, too late now. Now you got to (laughs) explain. Shit. Uh, Hi. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yarp. Talk to Freya, talk to Freya, talk to Odin. Look, okay, uh, the old man passed me off to Freya like two years ago. I know, but you know, that's the whole thing about passing it around the family eventually, you know, the, the whole family gets to say hi. I'm not a fucking dreidel. <laughs> wow. You're not a dreidel. This <laughs> is <It's> heathenry. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, I'm just imagining a dreidel with runes on it, thanks. No, I'm, I'm busy with hell right now, okay? <laughs> She's uh, my so buddy. You're, you're you're busy as hell. No, I'm busy with hell. Well, it makes total sense though, because you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm busy. Save Kona's Save Kona's. Uh, you know, have to do a lot of underworld work. That makes she's, total sense. She's my girl, and I love her. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she loves you too. And then there's Freya waiting in the wings, all witchy like, and going ha 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 ha. Oh no! Anyway. Trust me, we've I've had fucking falcons flying all around the greenhouse. Oh, so you know. Okay. We can I'm, close the show aware. up now. I'm aware. I'm just ignoring her. <laughs> Respectfully. Look, look, if you start getting mice and shit showing up on your porch, just... Oh, no. No, no. They are infested in the barn that I work in, so I see at least five every day. Oh, Jesus. At the very least. So, you know how we've been talking throughout the show about, you know, getting the signs? <laughs> This, this isn't what <laughs> this is what not to do when you get a sign. Hey, we I'm like being living respectful. examples. Sure, but and eventually. Say, but look, who's to say that I'm not living the life of a vulva already, and not just calling myself one? Because I do say prayers every day. I do say hello to the mice. I tell them to run their asses out of the barn before someone else sees them, because someone else will fucking kill them. Whatever you got to tell yourself. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, are you going to train me to be a vulva? Because I don't know what the fuck to do. Fuck. <laughs> we can end it now. <laughs> I win. <laughs> and this is how Saren talks himself into yet more fucking work. <laughs> Foot, mouth. Say hello. It tastes delicious. I know, doesn't it? Conversation uh, for earlier. You can stuff this under the couch and this one will be over here. Right. <laughs> yep. Let me just pick up this rug, sweep it under here. It's getting a little full. I'll sweep it under. Oh, shit. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All We're right. going to go then. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thank you for listening to us ramble. And hopefully you enjoy the answers that we're able to give and the, the roads that we explore. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you around the fire. Take care, folks.